Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. I felt that I really wanted to um, come and share some things that were just me talking, just my heart, kind of without being uh, constrained by a message and trying to shove it through. So I, I wanted to just come and, and, and give something that was a bit unfiltered, Malcolm unplugged. As I said this morning, uh, some of you at the end of it may be saying, you know what, he's better when he's constrained by a message. But um, I think it, unless I get this stuff out of me, it's kind of really difficult to understand, comprehend what all that ABC of WOW is all about, which is essentially about the gospel. It's what the gospel is, what the gospel can do, what the gospel will do. But it's like, I, this, this is the foundation. And, uh, and so I'm gonna shoot from the hip. I'm gonna do some straight talking. And um, yeah, and so if that's a bit much for you, forgive me, I love you. And uh, you, you don't uh, need to worry. Next week, I'll be just, next Friday, I'll be preaching a nice message again. But I just wanted to share something. So Father, I just give this time to you. Lord, all joking aside, all I ever want to be is a conduit of your blessing. Take charge, take control of my mind, of my mouth, of my body. Help me to discharge that which you've put in me, that which you've put in my heart, in the name of Jesus. Amen. The beginning of this, um, and uh, it's great to see you guys front and center. I ask for you to be front and center today because I want, I, want to, I want to talk to you. These are uh, T.O. Uh, and uh, that, they're amazing. Um, but I prayed particularly over these guys uh, just before we went on holiday. And um, while I was praying, uh, I felt the Spirit of God um, draw my attention to the words around when uh, John the Baptist was, was baptizing in, in Matthew 3. And he, he, he basically says this, I'm reading from the, the Passion Translation, that those who repent, I baptize with water. But there is a man after me who is more powerful than I am. In fact, I'm not even worthy enough to pick up his sandals. He will submerge you into union with the spirit of holiness and with a raging fire. In probably um, versions that you are more familiar with, it talks about John the Baptist baptizing with water, but Jesus will be one who baptizes you with the Spirit and with fire. And essentially, theologians will talk about three baptisms, water, uh, Spirit, and fire. And they will, some will interpret the, the fire as to do with judgment. And I'm not here to talk about that, but I do believe that God is looking for a church on fire. Uh, and I believe that when the Spirit of God gets hold of us, in the way that he wants to, we will be 
a church on fire. And while I was praying over the young people, and some of you may remember, I, I said, look, I know, I know what a water-baptized church looks like, but I wonder what a fire-baptized church looks like. And, you know, I, the, the, we, we need to be. You, you can only be a fire-baptized church if you've been a water-baptized church. You've got to be water-baptized first. But if I am water-baptized, then there is the potential to be fire-baptized as well, baptized by the Spirit of God. So that was the, the starting point, the foundation. And I was thinking about, you know, talking about all things to do with fire because fire is something that you can't ignore. I mean, even if you do ignore it, it's going to force itself onto your agenda one way or another. Fire, fire is, um, you know, and there's a lot you could say about that. And I did actually initially think about talking about some of that stuff, but I didn't want to kind of miss the point of what I wanted to say. I do know that, that fire is associated with passion. I do know that Jesus spoke to the church at Laodicea in the book of Revelation and he rebuked them. He rebuked the church for being neither hot nor cold. Uh, this is one of those scriptures that kind of blow my mind, but Jesus, Jesus did not mince his words. He said, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but because you're lukewarm, I spit you out of my mouth. In, 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 in fact, Jesus essentially in our lingo says, you make me want to throw up. That's, that's a sermon. Maybe that would be a good, a good sermon title. Jesus said, you make me want to throw up. Um, we probably won't go there. But Jesus was saying that I, it's, it's like, wow, what, what is available? If you, if you can manage to be lukewarm, if you can manage to be lukewarm with what is available to you by the Spirit of God, there's no place for you. I'd, I'd rather you be hot or cold because if you're cold, at least you don't get it. And, and, and I'd, I'd rather is obviously be hot. But he said, don't, don't be a mixture of hot and cold. He, Jesus was wanting us to understand that he's looking for a zealous church, a passionate church, a church who model what they say they believe. We, we've got the rhetoric, we've got the, we've got the language, we know how to say it, we've, we've got the Instagram, we've got the Facebook, we, we, know, we know what to do, but at the end of the day, what is my life saying? Not what is my photograph saying on the IG, what is, what is my life saying? Because a photograph is only ever going to be a snapshot, a moment set up with a filter, making sure you're in the right light. Your hair looks just right. It's about, it's about, I'm talking about the way we live our lives. The world, the world is looking for authentic individuals, but the world is looking for an authentic church, a passionate church, a church on fire. I, I think that, you know, a, ch a church on fire will be found if there's something, you know, uh, 
We spent 10 years in South Africa, which meant you braai a lot, which is what you guys would call a barbecue, except it's not quite the same at all. But, um, but the, 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 the point is that people gather around fire. There's something about, you know, like there's a lot of youth events that will have the campfire event. Things happen around campfires. It's, 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 it's a phenomenon. But I, what I want to say is that a church on fire is also family. That's why, that's why we're having this uh, let's get together event because we, we, we are fooling ourselves if we think that church is just gathering a crowd on a Sunday. It's not, it's not about gathering a crowd where you come, you get entertained, you go home and you crack on with your life. It's about us building relationships. That is easier for some than others, but I want you to understand that as a follower of Jesus Christ, it is not just an optional extra, it is essential. As a follower of Jesus Christ, it means I'm part of the body of Christ. And I have no, I cannot say that I don't, I cannot say that I love God, but then not love you. The Bible talks about, I'm fooling myself. I'm lying to myself if I say I love God, but I don't love you. you we, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, whether we accept that or not. And we, we have to work at it. We have to work at building community, but we will work at it and we will keep going until we see that. I know that in a larger church, not everyone can know everybody and we maybe have to work at it a little bit harder, but everyone could know somebody. And we can build family and we can build community and we will. Church, a church on fire will be family, a church on fire will impact its environment. I, I, I cannot see how a church that is truly impacted by the Spirit of God can be ignored. I, I, I don't, just like a fire cannot be ignored, just like a fire will impact its environment, I believe the church of Jesus Christ will impact its environment. And my problem is that as much as I celebrate who we are and what we are, I know, I know we are so much more than the things we have become. And I'm not here to compare ourselves with everybody else. We thank God for everyone who loves God and is seeking to build church in their way where they are. We thank God. I am not comparing ourselves with anyone else. I'm comparing us with where we should be. And we've got a call. We have, there's a mantle that rests upon us. There's a responsibility that rests upon us that we must rise and, 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 and take up. You know, this time of year, and I mean, this is like a little bit old fashioned, I understand. Um, been around a little while now. But you know, when I was, when I was at school, uh, especially when we got to secondary school, we used to wear um, blazers. And at this time of year, when you went to, when you went to school, uh, <laughs> you thought that a whole year or two had lost their hands because parents were saying, you know what, that blazer, 
That blazer is going to last a year. I don't care. I don't care what you look like right now because I know given a few months, then that is going to fit. This is, this is, this is, this looks too big. It looks ridiculous right now. It looks like it's for somebody else right now, but you're going to grow into it over, over the months. I want to say that I believe that what I'm bringing to us today is, is a message that's too big for us. It, it doesn't look right. It doesn't look like, it's like, ah, well, it doesn't really fit you, bro. You look, you look weird. Uh, no, it's, it's, it, but it's, it's because we, we're going to grow into it. I think just as, my, just as our parents, or at least my parents, uh, thought, you know, they, they, they put something on me prophetically. They didn't, because they didn't know anything about that. But, but they, they, they just thought, you know, I'm not, I'm not buying another blazer. That's what they were thinking. But, but they knew I'd grow into it. I believe that God will put some things on us, knowing we're going to grow into it. So I, I, I'm going to say some things today, not because I understand how exactly we're going to get there or how it's going to work out, but I know I serve a big God. I know I serve a God who's able to help us. I know, I know we serve a God whose God is here. And some said we couldn't make it here and some said we wouldn't make it here, but here we are and God has made a way. And I know that God is going to make a way for us and I know that God is going to make a way for you, we are so much more than the things that we have become. And I, I want to say, I just, I just don't think the world needs another lukewarm church. I don't think the world needs another lukewarm church. A church just going through the motions doing what churches do. I believe that God is looking for a church on fire. And I think that, and I'm speaking to us, I'm not here, although I do believe it. I believe it for the church of this nation, but I believe it for us because I, we're, I'm talking to us tonight. And I wanna say the church needs to wake up. And, and, and we need to remember, uh, Lynette talks about tonight about remembering the Lord and, 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 and I, I find that powerfully poignant that, that we, we take a moment. God, Jesus said, remember, he wants us to remember. He wants us to, he says, don't forget, don't forget what I've done. Don't forget what I've done for you. But I also wanna come and remind us that he wants us to remember who we are in him. Remember what we believe. We believe in a real Jesus, we believe in a real cross. We, we believe that Jesus was sent to deal with my real sin. We believe that, that Jesus overcame death. He, he, over, he overcame a very real hell. He rose, he really rose from the dead to open the door for us to get into a very real heaven. But he also came so that I could experience real change in my life. I'm a brand new man, a brand new person. The old is gone, the new has come. I believe 
that Jesus rose again so that we could be empowered to bring real change and let the world know that there is a real God. We're here as the church of Jesus Christ to make a difference. To make a difference where you are, to make a difference in this city, to make a difference in a nation that really needs to change. That's, that's what I believe the church of Jesus Christ is here for. And why I say we need to, to wake up because, I, you know, for me, I just can't spend my life. You know, this is unfiltered, right? I can't spend my life in a Christian bubble. I, you know, for me, it's not just about turning up at church and having a hallelujah moment and as great as they are. And it's not just about, you know, we can, we can have a great time together. And I want us to have a great time together, but I don't want us just to have a great time together while the world goes to hell and I'm singing while they do it. I don't want to just be grateful that I'm in the lifeboat and watch the Titanic sing. I've got a responsibility. Jesus has put me, Jesus has put you on this earth to make a difference. That Yes, the gospel has set me free. Yes, the gospel has changed my life. Yes, the gospel has done so, thing, much, so many things for me, but it is here in my life so that here on earth I can make a difference. I've been reading some statistics and, you know, I, I, listen, you can do this too much. You can make it mean what you want. But to me, to read in 2017, just last year, in 2017, in this country, there were 6,000 suicides. That's nearly someone every two hours throughout the course of the year. I don't I'm bothered about that stuff. I couldn't get it out of my head that every two hours, that, you know, it's like one of our services is about every two hours. Someone out there, now this is the national figures, but, but suicide is the leading, watch this, the leading cause of death in young people aged 20 to 34. The leading cause of death in this country. And if you're, ma if you're a man, you are three times more likely to commit suicide than, than a woman. There's a shocking new report out that says that in this country, 46,000 young people are linked to violent groups in this country, gangs. 46,000. You know, it, that's, that's why I want to bring I want to bring context. T.O., that's why I want to bring context. That's what, you know, when we talk about family, when we talk about community, we're not talking about just having a lovely time. What is a gang? A gang is family. A gang is community. That's what a gang is. It's a place where I can feel wanted. It's a place where I can feel accepted. It's a place where I can feel somebody. 
Well, I want to I wanna say that it's not only young, young, young people are looking for gangs, but everybody's looking for some kind of gang. Everyone's looking to belong. Everyone's looking to feel like they're part of something. Even if they set up the illusion of being a part of an online community, some kind of gaming community where you kid yourself, you're part of a community that's, that's worldwide. Meanwhile, you're sat alone in your room. That's why, that's why the church needs to rise up. We need to be seen. We need to be seen. You know, the Queen says that the royal family need to be seen to be believed. I want to say the church needs to be seen to be believed. They have to, people have to see it. When, when people see, and, and, and I guarantee I guarantee it's not just how well we sing. It's not, it's not uh, you know, what we wear or, or how, it's, it's, it's how we love one another. That, when people see that, they'll say, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that. I, I need that. We live in a, in, a, in, a, in a nation fragmented because families, family has broken down. Family has become all kinds of things and people are longing for family. They're longing to belong. They're, they're, that's why we need to rise up. Up to March, the year, the year preceding March this year, the year preceding March this year, offences involving knife or bladed instruments that were actually recorded by police were 40,147. 40,147 individuals stabbed by a knife or bladed instrument in this country. 12,000 children are with parents being treated for drug problems. 15,000 children have parents with alcohol issues. 200,000 youths have experienced trauma and abuse, while as many as 170,000 children are unpaid carers. And hear me, hear my, hear my heart. I get it, you know, I get it, yeah. The music's loud. I would want to add it's played through a very expensive sound system that is very good, the best in town. I'm just saying. But we've got the lights and we've got the screens. And, 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 and I get it that, you know, People say, ah, well, it's all about the hype. You say what you want. I say we're at war. When we're facing those statistics, we're at war. And I say that the big problem is not Jesus and it's not God. The big problem is people's perception of church. And we have a responsibility, I believe, in order to change those statistics, in order to re reach those kind of people, is to tear down the perception. If people walk in here and say, wow, is this church? I feel, yeah, that we've won something. We've won something. I didn't expect it to be like this. I didn't expect it to look like this. Great, great. Will we be everybody's cup of tea? No, but I'm not dancing around the fact that we won't be everybody's cup of tea. We'll be somebody's cup of tea. Somebody who needs real change in their life, who needs hope, who needs freedom. 
We need the ch- those perceptions torn down so that people can get to the God that loves them. I'm not even saying those perceptions are true. I'm not saying they're real, but they're there. They're there. And we can just say, well, we can sit around talking till kingdom comes saying, oh, well, you know, it's just the way it is. And I just refuse to stand around and say, well, that's just the way it is. I'm going to do something. So we do something. We build this screen and we, 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 we produce an environment where the perceptions can be broken down, but people can encounter God. And don't get me wrong, I want this to be a, a place of comfort. I want it to be a place of peace. I want it to be a place where people can encounter the presence of God. But I also need it to be a place where people know that I serve a God who can, who can cure my addiction. I need people to know that there is a voice here that's louder than the voice in my head that's telling me to kill myself. I need people to know that there is a voice that is louder than the voice, the oppressive voices of depression that bombard my mind and overwhelm my life. We need some, that's, we are at war, not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers that are seeking to destroy a generation like they've sought to destroy every generation. Yet Jesus has put His church in the earth. And he has not left them disempowered or impotent. He has put his spirit in them. And his spirit is greater than the spirit that's in the world. When I come here, I need to know that there is a God who can help me live my life now. Because I need it to be better now. I don't need a message that's just going to tell me it gets better when I die. Oh, great. When I get to heaven, it's all be all. Don't worry, guys. Just hang in there. Keep coming to church, living your life. And when you get to heaven, it'll all be better. Oh, my God. Thanks very much. Because in the meantime, I've got to survive the mess I'm in. In the meantime, I've got to survive the, the issue that I'm in. And I just come here hoping, believing, trusting, Listen, for me, death is not the answer. It's not death that is going to open up my freedom. It's not death that's going to set me free. It's not death that's going to give me the hope I look for. It's Jesus. Jesus who took death captive. I don't need an answer when I die. I need an answer now. I need to know there is something that is more powerful than my porn addiction right now. I need something to release me now from the real issues that surround my life. I need, I need, I need something that's going to help me sort out my marriage now. I need something to help my children now. I don't need somebody to just put a plaster on my issues and tell me it's going to be all right when I've got something inside me that's killing me, when I need surgery, 
Don't put a flannel on my head. Yeah, it feels good right now, but I'm dying. I'm dying. I need, I need something more than that. I need someone who's going to help me, and Jesus will help you. For too long, we've believed that church is just a place where the broken can come and find peace and comfort and wait for heaven. For too long, we've believed that. But I'm talking to you about a God who is powerful, a God who is able, a God who is able to transform your life, a God who is able to free you, a God who is able to renew your mind, a God who is able to heal your body, a God who is able to transform your family, a God who is able to set you free, a God who is able to give you hope, a real God. I don't believe that we're called to live our Christian lives limping through life just like everybody else, but oh, hallelujah, we love Jesus and we're on our way to heaven. I believe the world needs to know that there is a real Jesus and a real answer to our lives. I need to know that there's someone who can set me free. And the Bible promises that Jesus will set me free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. A great missionary called C.T. Studd once said this. I've never forgotten. He said, some long to live within the sound of church and chapel bell, but I Long to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. Well, I want you to know Heart Church is a rescue shop. Heart Church is a rescue shop within a yard of hell where people with all their issues and their mess can come and not, we're not just gonna tell you that everything's all right and stroke your back and put a flannel on your head. We're gonna say, you've got real issues, but don't worry, we know a real Jesus and our real Jesus can help you with your real issues. He is able to set you free. He is able to restore your marriage. He is able to restore your family. Jesus is the hope of the world. This is the gospel. The gospel is not just behavior modification. It is life transformation. Too long the gospel has been known about what I stopped doing. Oh, I used to do this. I was addicted to that, but now I found Jesus. I used to go there, but now I found Jesus. I was involved in that, but now I found Jesus. And Jesus has set me free. We've celebrated that. We've enjoyed it. We've talked about, tell us your testimony. But I don't need just to know what God did in you 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I need to know what God is doing in your life today. I, know, I need to know what God did in your life last week. That is, that is what I need to hear because the gospel, the gospel is not just about what I've stopped doing. The gospel is about what I've started doing. I want you to understand that every single one of us have got something to do. We are called. If you are here on this earth and you are breathing, it is because God has got a plan for your life. And all the days ordained for you were written in His book before one of them came to be. You are here on this earth because God has a plan for your life. And your plan might not look like your neighbor's plan. It might not look like the guy behind you or the girl in front of you. That's because you are unique and God has got a unique plan for you. But every one of us together, as we bring our piece of the puzzle, can see something incredible formed together. This is the body of Jesus Christ. The gospel doesn't just produce worshipers, but warriors. The gospel takes the broken and makes them bold and better. 
the gospel transforms your whole life, all your life. I know that when we hear those kind of statistics that I've just read, that it can be somewhat overwhelming. God has not called us to be overwhelmed. He's not called us to be paralyzed. You know, well, I don't know, what can we do? We're just, we're just people. Yes, we're just people, but, but we've got God inside us. We've got the Spirit of God inside us. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. I and myself cannot do anything to change anybody's life, but God has put something inside of me. Just as He is able to take water and turn it into wine, just as He is able to take a few fish and a few loaves and multiply it and feed thousands, God is able to take the little bit that I bring to the party and He is able to multiply it and feed many. And that is the God bit. All I need to do is turn up with my bit and be prepared to give it. And when I give it, God will bring a miracle. Every week, every week we build a place. We are here. We are here in this place because we believe we are more than the things we have become. We have utterly stitched ourselves up. Stitched ourselves up because we believe that there is a city that needs to hear about Jesus. Every week we build a place where people can come. And that's why I need us to understand that to follow Jesus, to follow Jesus is, is understanding that, that I need to serve. Jesus came among us as one who served. He did not come as one who lorded it over everybody, though he could have. He came as one who served. And we, I believe that we need our minds renewing in how we change the world because I don't know how God takes a, a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread and, and, and use it to, to meet the needs of a crowd. And I don't understand how God can take what we do here and, and, and cause a miracle to come so that thousands can be blessed and change. You know, I, listen, I, I have known what it is to be in a church where we believed that a church on fire was where we walked around shabba-dabba-doing. Believing that as I shabba-dabba-dooed everyone, in, you know, that's, that's what's going to change the world. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand me. It's not shabba-dabba-doing, I believe in it. But you know what I'm saying. It's like, yes, yes. Shabba-dabba-do. But understand, you also need to get your sleeves rolled up. You need to get involved. That's how we change the world. Some of us have sat for years in church believing for a move of God. Oh, he's going to do it, you know. He's going to do it, you know. It's, oh, hallelujah. He's coming again. Hallelujah. Yeah, but you know what? While we've sat around saying he's going to do it and, and he's coming again, the world has got a whole lot worse. While we've been sat around shabba doing and waiting, and I want to say, just let me get it off my chest. Let me get it, I'll bring, I don't know, maybe I'll speak on the 23rd Psalm on Friday or something. Just let me get it off my chest and then I'll be okay for about three and a half weeks. I, 
I've just come to remind us that while we've been waiting for a move of God, God's waiting for a move of us. And as I bring my bit, as I do my bit, I honestly believe that some of us, we need to reorganize our life and we need to reorganize our priorities. If I say I follow Jesus, what does that look like in real life? There used to be this old card back in the day when I was first a Christian. There used to be this old card that said, if you were convicted for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence against you to convict you? See, I'm, I'm stood on a platform. You can, this platform is built. It's built every week. It's been built so that a message can go out, a message to you guys, a message to those who are far from God, a message to those who don't know the Lord, a message that goes out into social media so that we impact a world that is beyond our walls. It's, it's, this platform is built. Every week you see my face, every week you hear my voice. But that is enabled to happen because every week faces you do not see and voices you do not hear get here early to build this platform. Faces you do not see and voices you do not hear. Set up these lights, set up this screen, set up the sound system, set out the chairs week in, week out. It is the water, it's the collecting of the water in order for God to produce the wine. It's the, it's the little bit of fish and the little bit of bread for which God is going to do a miracle. And I want to say this is how we change the world. I'm not saying don't, don't, Stop shabba-dabba-doing, but shabba-dabba-doing, and hold a drill. A yellow one and build a platform. Don't, don't, shabba-dabba-do and pass a cup of coffee. Pray for someone as you pass a cup of coffee. Smile and show someone to their seat. I want to believe for a, a place where it's normal. For if you're part of this church, you come, to, you come to a service and you serve a service. I want that to be normal. It's just normal. It's just what we do. It's just what, it's what heart church people do. We, we come to a service and we serve a service because it's not just about sitting down and take, 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 feed me, feed me, feed me. It's about, I understand. Yes, it's more blessed. It's blessed to give than receive, but I also need to receive. And I'm, I'm going to receive, but I'm going to give. So everyone bring in what they can and knowing that God is going to bring what we can't. A church on fire is a church served by a secret army of believers who understand this is how you change the world. Warriors with a drill or a coffee cup or a great attitude or they make our toilets look great or they stand at the hello, hello point or they put on a blue AK t-shirt. And they say, I don't know that I can do much, but I'm going to stop one of these kids becoming a statistic. If one of these kids, if I can make a difference to one of these kids. This place is filled with such generous people. But I, I, want, to, I want to stand before you and say what I don't normally 
say, because we need people who serve like they've never served before. But I want you to understand that if we're going to do, really going to do what we say we're going to do, we need people to give like they've never given before. And I'm not saying that because the offerings are down or because we're desperate. I'm not saying anything that I'm saying that we need to step up our game. I'm saying that because I know, because I've lived it and I've proved it, that when I bring my tithe to the Lord, the Lord even helps us out. He gives us a little basic minimum to help us understand what the measure is, to bring 10% of what I earn and then offerings on top of that. He's saying that I'm just giving you a little inkling in what, what it is. So many generous people, but I know that some people need to make a decision. You need to stop making excuses because there's always going to be issues. There's always going to be stuff. There's always going to be things that will get in the way of what you should be doing. And you know, for Christians, they're divided into two groups of people. There are those who don't tithe and can think of a million reasons why they can't. And then there are those who do tithe who would never allow anything to stand in the way of that because they have seen the blessing of God move powerfully in their life. I believe there are people here who are gifted to make money. Some business people. We need, we need, we need some business people who begin to think out of the box, who not only want to make money for the business, but want to make money for the kingdom. I honestly believe, let me tell you this, I believe it because I proved it. If God can get money through you, He can get money to you. And if he knows he can get money through you, he will get money to you. Some of us need to believe again, trust again. Because otherwise, when we talk about influence in a city and influence in a nation, we're just using words. We just, that is hype. We're just hyping each other up. Yes, we want to build an army of worshipers. We want to build an army of service, servers, but we need an army of givers too. We need to build a place and we need to tell people to come. That's all of our responsibility. We do what we can through social media, but every single one of us, it should be just a habit. You know, so much of evangelism was surrounded about, around guilt. You know, like, oh, I, I, I must tell them, I must tell them. And then it, because we're so filled with guilt that, that we, it all comes out wrong and it's stiff and it's starchy and no one's gonna wanna come to that anyway. But we can invite people. We can invite people to this. You can sow a seed. You don't know what the seed's going to do. You don't know what the invite's going to do. You, you don't like, well, what if they say no? Well, if they say no, they say no, but at least they had an opportunity. I can't take responsibility for that. I can want it. I can desire it. But who knows? Who knows? What, what, what is that? What moment that is, is, is God going to use? You know, a farmer doesn't take a seed and say, oh, well, I don't know whether I should sow it. I mean, what, what if it doesn't work? What if, what if nothing germinates? What if nothing grows? What, what, if, what, if, it, what if it doesn't work? At, what you, you don't know till you let it go. You don't know till you give it a go. Just let it go. A, a farmer doesn't sow a seed. He, he sows a load of seed, a mountain of seed, because he does not know which is going to succeed, which is going to make it. We need to tell them, to come. We need to stop being scared that people are going to say no because someone's going to say yes. I mean, I don't know about you, but I am like one of the least likely people on this earth to end up in church. 
I mean, I'm not just in church, I'm preaching. I mean, like, if you'd have, if you'd have told me that, why would I want to go to church? They're all weird. I mean, that's true. But it's that you, could, you wouldn't catch me dead in church. I didn't want anything to do with it. And yet here I am. Because I know that Jesus is real and I know that Jesus can change your life. I don't even know what time. Oh, look, we've gone over already now. Here's some other stats. Just how you understand. Between the 1st of January and the 1st of September, Heart Church had an average weekly attendance of 1,086. 352 new people filled in connect cards. From January, 1st of January to the 1st of September, 181 decisions for Jesus. 64 first-time responses, 117 recommitments. Since we've been at KMC, we've seen 146 visits by new people to the Hello Point. We've seen 81 new people filling Connect cards and we've seen 58 decisions for Christ. That's in 12 weeks. And it's, it's exciting and it's awesome. And yeah, uh, you listen, it's great. And some people will be so thrilled about that. And I am. But you've got to understand for me, I'm looking at the fact there are 329,200 people in this city. There are 37,000 students who will be in this city. The 16,700 11 to 15 year olds. There are 37,790 people who are 65 plus. Now I'm not saying for one minute that we are for all those people, but we're for some of them. And we, when I look at those figures, it shows me that we could, we could literally run 10 services over a weekend and we'd still only be scratching the surface. Still only scratching the surface. Jesus said in Luke 14, 23, He says, go out to the roads and the country lanes, the highways and the byways and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Just give somebody an opportunity. You don't know, you don't know. They just need to hear the message of hope, the message of life. So that's what a church on fire looks like. People serving like they've never served before. Inviting like they've never invited before, giving like they've never given before, they're involved like they've never been involved before. That's what our pattern is, invite, invest, involve, include. One of the things that we've said is when you come to Heart Church, you will meet some of the most passionate, brave, sacrificial, creative, adventurous people on the planet. You know what? That's already true. It's already true. But I just know God wants it to be more true. He wants it to be more true. Will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? Father, we want to say thank you that you are a good God. We thank you that you have not left us wanting, that you have, you have equipped us to do the job that you have given us to do. We have been given power 
and we have been given authority. You have given us the capacity through your Spirit to have our minds renewed so that we can be changed from the inside out. You are a God who delivers us from our afflictions. You are a God who delivers us from our addictions. You are a God who opens our eyes to the truth and you give us the ability to walk free in a way we never have walked before. You are a God who gives us confidence where we lack confidence. We have a boldness in the Spirit that is not our boldness. It is a boldness that is given to us by God alone. We thank You that in Jesus' Name we have been given authority and that our words carry authority. And You've given us wisdom and You've given us the ability to speak into circumstances, not with a spirit of judgment, but with a spirit of love and, and acceptance. You are building Your church and You have promised that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I wanna say thank You that You love us and You love this city and You love this nation. And oh God, You are stirring, You are stirring things up so that, so that people can begin to understand who they are in Christ. You are beginning to help us to see beyond our limitations and see, and, and see beyond our problems and see the possibilities that we have in You. We thank You, Father, today that by Your grace and by Your mercy, You are liberating us from our lack and You are bringing us into Your abundance. You are changing our mindset to understand that it's not just waiting for what is to come, but using what we have. Well, God, we are not just sitting around waiting for a move of God. We are, you, are making, waking, you are waiting for a move of us. And God, in Jesus' Name, we make a decision to stand up. I don't know how we're gonna make it. I don't know how we're gonna get to the other side, but all I know is that you promised that you were gonna be with me every step of the way. I don't know that we're gonna have enough resources, but I know that you have promised to meet my needs according to your glorious riches that are in Christ Jesus. I know that, oh God, you have given me a word and authority that can speak to the mountain. And you promised me that when I speak to that mountain, it will fall into the sea. I thank You, O oh God, that You are dealing with our disappointment where we have prayed our prayers and we have walked around these walls and we have believed that by now they would have fallen. But I believe by now that a confidence is rising in us, that we are believing that a God is a miracle-working God. And the Father, those walls shall fall. Those impenetrable walls of Jericho, they will fall. Those demonic strongholds, they will fall in the Name of Jesus. And the people of God, the Church of Jesus Christ, will rise up and take its rightful place in the earth. They will come and shine a light so the people in darkness can come out of darkness, out of prison and into the glorious light that You provide. This is our God. This is His Church. And we arise to take our Come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.